everyone. Welcome to the Oasis Podcast. I'm your host, Miss AJ. Thanks for tuning in. An oasis is something that provides refuge, relief, or pleasant contrast, and that is exactly what you can find tuning into the Oasis Podcast. This will be a space where I and special guests will be cultivating intentional and honest conversations about life's journey. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe now. Also follow us on Instagram at the Oasis Podcast. That's T-H-E-O-A-S-I-S Podcast. Welcome back to the Oasis Podcast. Thank you for joining us again on this episode. We are here with Miss Keish. Hey. And Vision. You're... And we will be discussing struggles in the workplace. But before that, how are you guys doing? How you been? It's been a while. I'm doing good. I'm back in school. Um, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Just the school. School's life. Right school is right? life. School is life. <laughs> how about you, Vision? Uh, I'm all right. Same boat as Miss Keish. You know, school and work. Work and school. Wow. I'm not in school, so uh, <laughs> I've been working and living life and adulting, which is very exhausting. Well, let's just let's jump right in it. We had some conversation before we started recording, right? Struggles in the workplace. I think everyone can relate <laughs> to this in some shape or form. And so let's just jump right in there. So let's start out by talking about what exactly we do right what is our job titles responsibilities and just give a brief like description of what your work environment is so i'll go first okay um i work for a nonprofit organization located in brooklyn new york um we focus we focus on youth development in a particular area and uh, my job title is college retention specialist which focuses on providing retention services for those who are at school or even at vocational training but also assist young adults 18 to 24 who um, may not have went straight into school but started working but planning to go back into school so i provide the planning workshops i help with their financial, their TAP applications. I assist them in the social-emotional um, aspect of being a student because, once again, you add another role to the role that you're already living. Um, I'm the human diary, the case manager. <laughs> uh, you name it, I'm everything for these kids, and I love it. Um, I do a lot of workshops. Um, I try to bridge the gap between the high school program and the young adult program because many of them are graduating from high school to go straight into college. And my work environment is very lax. Mm-hmm. Um, to be honest with you, what I'm wearing today is what I wore yesterday. So <laughs> that's how I can tell you how lax this is. Um, oh, it's perfect. Swept, no, no, nope. ripped up jeans, ripped t-shirt. up jeans, okay. baggy t shirt, Converse's, Jordan's, you name it. It's not like a professional non profit program, but we dress this way because we want to relate to yeah. the community, and there's no reason for us to be wearing button up suits just yeah. to, you know, say this is our title instead of just being like at home with the community and just being able to walk through the projects and be like, yep. Like, and keep it moving, or come to this place. I need to see you. I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. 
Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Vision. Um, I work for a nonprofit that services adults with autism throughout the tri-state area. Essentially, I am a life coach. Um, therefore, I'm giving them the skills and tools they need to be able to survive um, everyday life as if they were not diagnosed with an intellectual disability. Um, so I have people that I support where I'm teaching them how to read. Some of them are how to train travel. Some of them are how to find a girlfriend. Some of them, uh, it varies um, from learning how to cook to learning how to do laundry. Essentially, it's my job to train them how to do that. Okay, and what's your work environment? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it varies. Um, I have people that I support that require a lot of attention and maintenance, and it could be very high strung. And I have some that require none at all. And um, at least the physicality part is, is very uh, low key. Um, so it could vary depending on the day, depending on the person. It could vary. So is it mainly in the community, or is it in you know someone's home? Is it in an office? Um, that's a good question. Um, all three. I am in the community, um, mostly, um, helping them find resources and things like that. Um, the community and their homes mostly, um, especially when it comes to tutoring and learning how to read and things along those lines, um, train traveling, whatever. And then I have office time that is uh, predetermined every month. I go in, do trainings, knock out whatever paperwork I have to do. And um, I'm also, quote unquote, in training to become the next supervisor. So I have to spend a certain amount of hours uh, a month at the office uh, managing staff and doing paperwork and things like that. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Again, you sound like y'all both doing some, some things out here, helping well, the community. What about yourself? Listeners know what I do, but I'll give a refresher for some people who might be newer to the podcast. So I do mental health related work in schools. Um, And that is a very wide umbrella. Uh, Do everything from consultations with staff, uh, with families, to doing workshops um, with the community, um, excuse me, school community, parents. Uh, we do PDs with staff as well. We go out and find resources. We connect with um, organizations within the community. Um, yeah, it's that's pretty much in a nutshell what we do. Um, now, what is my work title? Um, I'm a consultant. What else? Oh, work environment. Kind of like you vision. I am mostly in the community, and when I say that my schools are my community if that makes sense um so i'm mostly working in schools i literally don't have an office so (laughs) i just float around from place from school to school um and at times i can kind of ground myself at our main location and so that's that's it um work environment wise i don't mine's vary as well um every school is very different Mm -hmm. and so um you do show up there to different schools in a different way I guess you can say um, and then when we're at you know headquarters and main offices like we show up there different also so I kind of just segued a little bit into the next question I wanted to ask you all right so how do you show up to work so meaning are you your authentic self um, 
versus someone who is a little more i guess appeasing aka ass kissing aka <laughs> whatever they want you to be would you like me to go first <laughs> i show up as is mm-hmm. um it varies from day to day depending on my mood how i wake up so i don't ass kiss I would never, I'm not like that person. I don't even know how to ask this, but I primarily show up as a person who is there to provide support for both staff as well as participants. So because our organization is so lax that children could go through everywhere, like even in your office, and I share office with other people from different programs, they could come up to me, sit at my desk, take candy from my desk, take whatever is on my desk because it's just so open. And I'm just me. I'm naturally me. I just talk about what am I dealing with as stresses of being a student, being a field placement at a court system, and then being a, a worker, then being a daughter, then all these roles, the stresses that I have. On, in my daily life, but also share that knowledge with others who are coming up to be adults too, or those who are already adults who are still trying to navigate their 30s or, you know, the what's left of their 20s. Mm-hmm. So, so you I, have to come show up. I, I just show up as my okay. authentic self. Um, it's beneficial to what you're doing. It's that beneficial. Yeah, it is beneficial, but it's also bringing laughter and joy because the things that come out of my mouth is be like, girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but then it's it's welcoming to them it's just like like for example i had a student who i never was very close to and then some shit happened on his campus and i was there to support him and then throughout the summer i found him coming into my office and sitting down and talking to me about various aspects of his life which is problems with his mother problems with his girlfriend problems with um, the campus, what he wants to do afterwards, what's his major. But then I also found himself like sitting there and I guess my presence was like peaceful for him. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't even talk for like a good hour, but he was just like there, there and he was calm and mm-hmm. he did what he had to do and then he come back and he just sit there. So they used to say, that's my son. And I was just like, ah, no. But mm-hmm. then it kind of confirmed it at the end of the summer. Like, yeah, this is, this is my son. Mm-hmm. But I just have to come in my authentic self. I mean, to be a kiss asser is just fake to me. I don't know how to do that. Do that. <laughs> it's 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 like in the sense of code switching. I don't know. Like, I mean, is there a product a proper protocol to talk to a white person? Because we do have white people at our job. Mm-hmm. As to like your f- coworker. Who's not white mm-hmm. and how you do the balance. So I just I just show up and be as Keisha. I mean, since you brought up code switching. <laughs> so I can't say that I don't code switch because I do. I do mm-hmm. code switch. Um and I do it less though, I think, than I used to. Um you know, being growing up, we were always told to just like, in in pl- layman's terms, show up as white as possible, if that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And that's from your appearance mm-hmm. to how you talk, um, to how you carry yourself, right? Mm-hmm. 
and being the fact that I'm a, I'm a pretty tall woman as well. And so, like, when you come into a room, like, you're noticed. And so making sure when you enter a room that you're not coming in with a certain type of energy to make people scared right. or whatever. Um, so I was kind of programmed in that way. So I would come into... Uh, of course, you do your interview, you know, you do your inter- interview voice and you give your little white girl voice. And that's how I would kind of carry myself, depending on what the demographic of the people that I worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, but more so now in the work that I do and also doing some things on race and equity with my organization. Now, I show up as black as possible now, honestly, uh, on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm talking about head tied up, you know what I'm saying? Locks <laughs> of swaying even, um, like, like whatever. I'm talking about, you know, onks, Africa, everything um, into the spaces. Um, and now, but I do find myself sometimes um, in certain conversations or among certain um, colleagues. I feel like I have to code switch for them to one not be excluded from the conversation if that makes mm. sense um because the dialect tones that we you know just how we're uh yeah. conversing mm-hmm. they wouldn't understand so um i feel like i do that for their inclusion not to like yeah, not that's to make myself touch. yeah um you know, like, if that makes sense. I, yeah, that makes sense. Um, as opposed to before trying to make myself more, like, com- like uh, make them comfortable. No, no, I don't know how to explain it. No, yeah, you, you like, explain it correctly. It's, like, making them more comfortable in the being in the space that you are in. Especially since the times that we live in is very dicey. So, it's, like, one thing they could say that could kind of mm-hmm. make a switch to be, like, bitch, what? <laughs> <laughs> and for me... I feel like in those spaces, I can't do it because co-switching is like losing my authentic self. No, I hear and you. And then there's that identity and everything. But it's like, I, I understand where you're coming from as it's like trying to include them, but not exclude yourself. But for me, I there's no balance. <laughs> um, so for like the team that I work on, like we are pretty multicultural we are like have different backgrounds and it's like for the most part we all sync up but and so what i say that so when we, we we all could be sitting down doing random things but then we'll have like a conversation right and so for example like like you and i could be talking and be like yo we can lose lady like you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. doing all that stuff and then i'll have a colleague who is comfortable enough to talk to us and be like oh you know what did you guys do or and then they would understand they'd be like liddy like they don't understand what liddy is so we'd be like oh so we had a wonderful weekend you know like, <laughs> and so we have to like break it down to them in that way mm-hmm. and to be like oh liddy means that you know um yeah. for them to like understand but outside of that i feel like i like i said i show up as black as possible as authentic as i can be and that's with the faces and all that toned voice i do bring all that with me mm-hmm. as well yeah vision. I, I would almost i guess i suppose i want to question why would you code switch mm-hmm. especially around your uh co-workers be it that you guys are working in inner city schools with mm-hmm. youth who generally speak the same lingo as you do you would expect that your co-workers would have an interest in wanting mm. to learn the mannerisms. No, the- they do, though. That's what I'm saying. And so, I guess the co-switching is done as a, a form of, like, education. Mm-hmm. Because we might be talking about something and they, like, eyes would glaze over because they don't understand what we're saying. And so, we be, like, we literally go, 
this is what was meant by what we said. So like, be like, oh, okay. And then continue the conversation. So it was like education, but it's still, I still think it's a form of code switching, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Um, my question is, the co-workers that you work with, are they aware of their privilege? Oh, yes. Yeah. So they, they talk about all it. All the that. Okay, good. Because all the same, the it's the same thing that at our job, we now doing the transitioning where so we do talk about race and equity and i was mm-hmm. part of the racial equity team and we had to talk about the differences in salary like mm-hmm. we had that difficult conversation of mm-hmm. like i'm the most like so i'm not trying to like gloat or anything but like i am like <laughs> the most qualified or like the most educated out of the whole organization mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, if I'm so qualified and I'm all this and I have all these experience and background and partnerships and everything, why am I making less than the person who does not have the qualifications and stuff like that? And they're they white. are white. Mm-hmm. So we have those conversations and I have noticed like, so our organization is run by the board. I don't know who is on the board. Mm. And that's the question of, like, why there's no one from the community on that board. Mm. That's one thing. Like, you opted to be on the board, but you live in, let's say, Clinton Hill in those mm. nice apartments. So you, no idea so you don't know going what's on. going on. You're not walking through the NYCHA houses. You're not mm. walk. You're not, like supporting them or like doing requests to help them pay their rent or mm-hmm. help them like get the mold or the asthma away but it's like like for me oh, like yeah, those institutional structures it's, 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 yeah. it's very it's difficult but then it's also it's like but why should i you should like yeah like in the sense because my supervisor was like you know sometimes you have to learn how to talk to um, people who is from a different race in a manner. I'm like, why should I diffuse who I am to yeah. accommodate and you know what's them? funny is that I'll, I'll give that courtesy to my colleagues that I work with closely. Oh, so nice. Right. Because we work closely and then they make efforts to understand. Right. But when we, I have, again, I meet with, because of the role that I have in the race and equity work that I do, I meet with leadership and I lay it on them. Like, I don't, I, mm-mm. And that's the it's either I'm going to be quiet or you gonna get and the that's full the like this is what it that's, is. I guess that's the problem with face. me. I don't know how to balance. Like we have leadership that are white. There's three white people at the head of the table, mm-hmm. and everybody else is working or black. Mm-hmm. So we looking at them like y'all making all this money, but we're doing the brunt of y'all mm-hmm. work, and y'all just reporting it back to the board so the board could either find some other resources to funnel in our organization. Or like say, okay, this is how we want to structure. How you want to structure something if you've never been at the organization for a full day to see mm-hmm. how it is? You're not dealing with two young adults who had beef from a long time ago reuniting that beef because they're trying to find a job at your facility. You're not dealing with uh, a kid who lost their best friend. You're not dealing with a kid who lost their mother. Mm-hmm. From a murder. You're not dealing with that. We're dealing with that. So- so, uh, as somebody who once was on a board of directors, and just to answer that, for somebody mm-hmm. who once was a, on a board of directors, and someone who had to take orders, like, right up under the board of directors, um, I can answer that question. is because when board of directors and board members are donating their money, they want to see how their money is being spent and how it's being provided, how the service is being provided. And if they don't feel that the, 
their money is being allocated properly, they are going to, uh, I guess, uh, withdraw whatever services, whatever case may be. So if I'm giving you $100, I want to see the $100 spent and being used the way how I, I want it used. And that could go many ways. I could go for exactly like literally how you spend it, but that could also be the people you hire and how they mm. uh, interact with whatever program that I'm servicing. When I was a board member of said board, that I was on, I was lucky that majority of the members of that board were African-American, Afro-Caribbean, Latino, Afro-Latino, um, give it, that was the community I lived in. Um, and yes, you had said major donors who were white or whatever case may be, but because minorities were the majority of the board, our voices held a little heavier, therefore mm. we could hire the people who sounded like us and we could we could advocate for the people who talk like us mm-hmm. we knew the power in that whereas mm-hmm. people who generally join these boards and giving them money they normally aren't the minority the majority of those right. boards are normally we know how that goes yeah so therefore they want to see it like how they would do it and i'm saying that from my experience being a director at a major major one of the top 10 major nonprofits in america um, I'm not going to name them because it, it was a shitty place to work at. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, as a director, I had to take information from board members. And um, as a black man in the South who was 6'4 with dreadlocks and have white directors telling me that my button down in Clark's was not professional. Um, or things along those lines. So they wanted me to dress like them. Therefore, I had to wear a staff shirt every day. When the person who was immediately under me didn't have to, but but he was white with a beard and I was black with dreadlocks, therefore I don't look like I work here. So I had to wear a staff shirt, and the person under me who worked for me didn't have to. So you see where I'm going in that regard. But with my current job, my experience is a little bit different from the two of you because presentation matters because I am the home, I am in their homes as well as in their communities. So if I'm working in a Jewish community with a client who's Jewish, as a tall black man with dreadlocks, I stick out. So now I have to be able, I have to present myself as quote unquote the safe black man. Therefore, when I'm entering your apartment complex, your security guard isn't stopping me saying, what are you doing here? Um, I have to be able to code switch when I'm talking to security guards and parents so that way I can actually get inside the home so parents feel safe with me. Um, inside their home, but as well as security. Security is a big thing, especially when you're dealing with people with money. When I'm walking into these uh, million dollar homes and I got to talk to the doorman, I have to be able to uh, advocate for myself in a way that they understand and they don't feel threatened. Now, the the privilege of that is once I'm there, it's a wrap. I'm black as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Once I get cool with the parents, it's like you Jewish? Nope. You Muslim? Nope. You Christian? Nope. I practice the African religion. Y'all call it voodoo. Y'all call it this. And it's cool because that's something I wouldn't be able to say once I'm in the doors. But now I'm in the doors and I built that trust. I could be as black as I want to. Um, and in regards to the office space, um, I have a really reckless mouth. Uh, that's just me. And my bosses know it and they cool with it. My highest boss is an Italian lady from Red Hook. So, you know, she got the reckless mouth. I got a Caribbean woman who's a boss, uh, 
reckless mouth and it's it's just the New York way so we're able to be that and be our authentic selves um within the office now once our CEO pops in you know you turn down to Jay-Z and, and put on some Frank Sinatra <laughs> but when he's gone you, you you could turn DMX on now so my uh, my nonprofit organization is in Red Hood so my question to you as a former board member were you a regular participant not participant did you participate or like spend the day at the organization that you were a board member at so yes so i was privy enough to be able to be in high school an employee a part-time employee of the of the company and be a board member because i've done so much with that job they value the input of the younger up-and-comers in the company Therefore, I was allotted a lot of the space on that board. Um, so I spent a lot of time there to the point that when we, we started, because I was so involved, we started a program inside my high school when I was a senior. So I was literally in school, in between classes, going to work, and then after class was over, I run down the block to my other job with the same company. So I was able to be involved within the community from that okay. respect. But also, um, as a board member, the majority of the people from the board, even though the the majority of them or the higher up members may have been white, um, were from East New York. Now they might have been old white people from East New York that like grew up in the sixties and seventies in East New York, eighties in East New York when there were, you know, still a lot of white people there, but they were familiar from the neighborhood. So it, it worked out in its in its best interest. We were familiar with the neighborhood, we could all get along and agree with that. But in my other experience where I worked for people under the board, I mean, when I was under the board as a director, I've seen where people who don't live in the vicinity of, when I worked in Charlottesville, Virginia, um, people who lived outside of Charlottesville, who had millions and millions and millions of dollars, I saw that they did not understand or didn't know how to interact correctly with the neighborhood. So yes, I, I've seen and experienced both. Um, and the best way I dealt with it was, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. You know, they could fight you as much as you want on how you're spending funds and how you're doing this and how you're doing that. But um, Jay-Z once said, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So when you bring results and the results is right, what can you do? Um, yeah. I was telling AJ a couple of weeks ago, I spent a, a couple thousand dollars on um, technology, on um, uh, robotics uh, supplies, and I was crucified. They almost fired me for spending the amount of money I did. Um, but then tons of kids joined the program and the program was so successful that the next club over decided they wanted to do it too. And then the, 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 the numbers bore results. Like I spent it and brought in results and brought in more money in the long run. So they was, they had to bite the bullet on that. So as long as you're being fruitful in whatever you're doing. Right. That's usually what it boils down to, right? <laughs> the money. Dollar right. signs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that tends to be how they, I mean, it, it makes sense, but at the same time, it's unfortunate. But that that tends to be how they um, hire people, right? Right. Based on what you can bring to them, um, and what you can bring to whatever area that you're in, whatever field that you're in. So, I know that, um, of course, when we have habits, well, this actually depends on the job, right? Right. But we tend to work in, like I say, all our work environments are different. And some of us have offices, some of us don't. <laughs> um, 
yes. in those spaces. So we have coworkers, right? So how are those dynamics for you? How do you view coworkers? Um, and can work can coworkers be friends for you? Coworkers can be friends uh, for me, and um, every job that I ever had, I still maintain friendships with them. Um, this job, because we are so alike and we talk about shit, we talk about other people and stuff like that, it's like coworkers could be family, and but also they could be your truth holders, they could be your advocates, they could tell you that hey your slip is hanging like let me tell you how to finagle or speak up or advocate for your job in a manner that you may not uh, be able or kind of privy to so because I sometimes don't have a good way to express myself I have a cold wife who understands what I'm saying and is kind of express it in a way that I could say it to whoever I need to say to, whether it's supervisors or a, another co-workers. Now, some co-workers could step, the, step over the boundaries and act like you owe them something. So, unfortunately, I had to lose a co-worker who was a good friend, and I'm on the um, friendship that we had because... It was over something small, but his actions made it bigger. And it made me realize, like, oh, you're just the type of person that probably use and manipulate to get things. And you talk about shit. And I'm the type of person that is not a confronter, but I'm all, I'm a backer. So what I do is I slowly back away from your life. Like, I slowly not, I will stop talking to you. However, he used that situation to say that he was a victim. He was the um, person that that was harmed in this interaction because of what I did and based on his past trauma. I understood his past trauma, but don't make me the face of it, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I had to learn that although some co-workers could act as mentors or work wives or work husbands or something that kind of make you feel seen and heard and comfortable there's other co-workers that use a situation to kind of manipulate and make you look and make you feel like you're the bad guy and then you have to realize that i came in this space yes to have a good work environment but i'm not i am i don't have to be a friend basically Mm -hmm. i don't have to always be there for you when you need it or like if you want stuff you can always come to me like and bully me to get you stuff because you feel that you have that power over me yeah i was i was raised from the school of everybody ain't your friend and me too you don't go to work to make friends yep period Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so i always carried that mentality i always carried that in my head when i started new jobs um That I came here to do what I needed to do. I came here. I'm not going to be a nuisance or a, a, a jackass. But I'm not here to be no one's friend either. I'm not going to let people into my life. And be privy to that. To, to, to what's going on behind the scenes. You just see you just see work AJ. And you don't see nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately I think that was shifted for me. A few jobs ago. Where 
um, you spend a lot of time at work, right? Depending on the job, sometimes you you, you go above and beyond when you're young and dumb. Because I do, anyway. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but I do think um, you spend a lot of time at work for some people, right? Um, when you're trying to really build yourself, find yourself as a professional, you'll sit here and put the hours in, and therefore you spend a lot of time with these people. Um, and then eventually, you know, yeah, you're going to get off of work topics, right? You're going to start talking about life, depending on it. Because I do a lot of, I've done a lot of social services stuff. So you're encountering people that you're working with who are going through things and you are empathetic and then you got to start talking, you know, and then things like that um, develop and you start realizing, oh, wow, we have a lot of common outside of um, the workplace. And I say, fortunately for me, I've encountered this, again, happens not because I wanted to. I didn't go into the workspace thinking we're going to be friends. But I I was able to meet really wonderful people who were coworkers who became friends. Now, my definition of what a coworker turning into a friend is very different. Me chatting with you about life doesn't make you my friend. Mm. That's how I feel. Um... However, if if you if I've invited you to my home, you are my friend. My personal space, my family. Period. Mm -hmm. Correct, right? Um, you've met people who are dear to me, who are family members or who are partners or whatever. Now we are friends, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just we are both upset at our at our boyfriends and we're like <laughs> venting. No, no, you still my coworker, sis. Like, you know, we're not friends. We're not friends, <laughs> right? Oh, we go to grab um a drink even after work for happy hour. And we're still not friends. We can talk. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, we cool though. We cool. We cool. We cool. I got you, but we're not friends. Um, but I've been fortunate. I think for. Yeah, for the few jobs that I've had, um, I would say my mid-20s, I guess you could say, I still carry those people with me that, you know, we've been to each other's baby showers. Well, I ain't got no kids, but I've been to their baby showers. <laughs> <laughs> their kids' parties, and met their husbands and their partners and their family members and, and, and just go out to just hang out. Like, yes. Like I'm, I'm, I've been fortunate enough, and, and including in this work environment that I have, every coworker is not my friend though. But we do ride for each other. But there's a handful of people that I know that um, I put you in the corner. Yeah, like if I need you, I don't even have to ask. Like they got me. They, they, they just they jump to help before mm -hmm. I even ask for that, and I that's much appreciated. And I think um, I'm still not going into workspaces to, with that mindset. We yeah. gonna be friends. I'm not doing that. But if you we gravitate to each other. And they and things are proven like mm -hmm. that trust is built. I would say yes, coworkers can be friends, but I don't go into the environment that because it gets messy, and I've seen that joint get messy. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't. Exper I experienced it be messy. No, as a supervisor, I experience people I supervise go through some nonsense. Like I've seen that, and like it, it became a whole thing that completely um, changed our work environment and how they were because they were able to work together, and then now I had to separate them and make sure it was just so much. Um, and I've also seen other times, right? Like it just was nasty and it changed the whole feel of the office. Um, and so I don't, this is why I don't play them games. I make very clear that I draw lines. Um, boundaries. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Boundaries are very important. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. How about you, Vision? Um, I used to be very much like you actually, AJ. Um, until I moved down South <laughs> and when you're in a um, small town, small city, 
the people that you end up working with are more likely to end up being your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, those people end up, you know, in small towns, most of these people grow up together. They end up being friends. Or you might have heard of somebody and you don't connect anymore with your high school friends. And now you're in the real world, out of college, back in your hometown. Guess what? Like, the people you converse with are going to be your co-workers. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I've learned to be more acceptable of allowing some, uh, of course, once I, I feel comfortable enough to enter my life. One of my uh, better friends, a couple of my better friends, actually, maybe two or three of my better friends are um, still down in Virginia, and they all were co-workers. Mm. Um, and I, I'm still, um, even though we don't talk regularly, uh, God, if you guys hear us on the phone, you would thought we, we talked every day. Um, and one of them, both two of them probably may be like the best man, not, you know, whatever, groomsman in my wedding, uh, whenever I decide to. You get married out here? No, I said whenever. I, I didn't get an invite. You got an invite? I said whenever I, I decide. Yeah. I said whenever oh. I decide. Oh, okay. Um, Just put me by the bar. <laughs> whenever I decide. Keisha always want to be by the bar. <laughs> always, always by the bar. Don't ask See, me to I be no bridesmaid. I might be by the bar in my own wedding. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, right? So, um, so, I, I, now I'm back home in New York, and uh, there's not near nigga I trust. Right, I'm back in New York, <laughs> but um, it's different. But like, um, my supervisor in many ways now is my friend. Like we we chat all the time. Like um, with outside of work, um, you know, of course the conversation starts off about work. Yo, you did this, you did this, and they'd be like, hey, by the way, you saw wrestling tonight. You know, and, and things like that happen. Mm-hmm. But um, like my supervisor at work, she's now become a friend. Um, not a very you know friend friend but like that's my neck so yeah. you know what i mean it's one of those kind of situations so uh I, now i'm back home i could pick and choose but depending on your environment i could see why and i could see why i would mm-hmm. uh, invest and in it's, a work friend and it's also dependent on the energy and how that person presents themselves so like how me and i always tell the story about how me and my work wife met two months into the job i was still not talking to anybody the only person i was talking to was um our mutual friend her sister she worked there as the case manager and my work wife was coming in and she was falling asleep and then i was just like look fall asleep i got you i'll let you know who is coming and she kind of looked at me funny and she was like okay like no problem and she fell asleep and the head was coming i tapped on the shoulder and she went back to work and then that's how we started yeah. being close and we were feeling each other's energy to trust you <laughs> and yeah she was allowed to trust me and then she was even saying she was just like you know you every day i came in i said hi to you you didn't really want to say bye back and i said well back from my previous employment before i worked there i had co-workers who was distrustful so it was mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for me to kind of See how, yes, this environment is very relaxed. Everybody shares desk. is a very open space. But I'm not too sure about your character. I'm not too sure about mm-hmm. who you are. So for me to do that and, like, tap you on the shoulder, now me and her, every morning, 7 a.m., mm-hmm. after the gym, we have our conversation. It starts off just like how Vision said. From work to 
what she's dealing with, what I'm dealing with, how we can help each other, or what is the next thing that we're going to do. What are you doing for your birthday? I already got you again. What are you doing for my birthday? What are we going to do? X, Y, and Z. So it builds on the um, the trust of everything. Mm-hmm. So it really depends on the energy. Like You have to meet people where they at and see how they are and how their environment is. I mean, like I said, like you said, I'm sorry, like you said, not everyone is your friend. Mm-hmm. However, it's really dependent on the person character and their strengths and how their strengths is your flaws and how your strengths is their flaws and how can we build each other up true i feel like now while you were talking i was thinking about it i think i connected better with those colleagues who kept the same energy even when a supervisor was in the room you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like when we all together we talking our shit that's one thing but I want to see if the supervisor bring up something we were talking about. And I want to see what energy you bring. Like, are you now going to be quiet when you had all kinds of stuff to say? And if you can kind of keep that keep that energy and still speak your mind, I, I feel like you're trustworthy, if that makes sense. Like, no, it that shows that you're not going to switch up situations or yeah. um, and, and things like that. So, and, I, and honestly, thus far, I feel like the connections I've made at work, and I based it off of those... It, it was real like they oh, yeah. to this day like i still had these colleagues like i what a good three of the ones that i four actually colleagues have been to my home like i trust them enough to do that right yeah. um and when we at work if we talking amongst each other because of course we talk amongst each other first like yo what's going on this is crazy what the fuck why are they asking us for this nonsense and then when i told i show up guess what we're saying the same shit like says no there's nothing nah, this shit is wild <laughs> Like, yes, like so even yesterday, like when we was having this whole conversation, and my supervisor walked in, we were still talking shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I was just like, "Yes, can I help you?" <laughs> and then I help him, and then we was going back to the same shit. So it's like, but it's also like a, a coworker that could be a friend that keeps you accountable of yeah. certain stuff. Like with the situation I had dealt with at work, I had uh, I had good couple of friends even people who was at the head like directors levels was like you know this is how you talk this is how you finagle this is how you do everything mm-hmm. so it was like if i could trust you enough to help me be on my best behavior or be able to help express myself or help me grow yeah. then i could see us being friends for life which is you know i never I can always say I'm a friend to everybody. Like everyone will be like, you always someone's friend and you stay their friend forever. And I'm like, you have to do some real fucked up shit for me to be like, I'm distancing myself. And even if I'm a nice not, person now, <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm a nice person. Sometimes I can be a bitch. You, but yeah, <laughs> but. for the most part. So, all right, in those situations, right, where I'm at the latter part of like being a bitch, right, where. You create this tension now that happens, right? Something wild happens at work. Supervisor come down your neck. They come at you left field. They coming for your neck, like legitly. And now there's a weird air now, right? Like some crazy just popped off. All right, let's say things were settled. But now there's tension. Like how do you deal with that? So I could give you a perfect example. Um, so in our organization, we do APRs. So APRs is annual performance um, rating just to see how you do, um, how effective are you doing at your job. 
So it starts off by having the supervisor send you the core responsibilities of your job and you read in there and then you write what you have done. They write what you have done and what you need to improve on. And then y'all both meet to kind of move forward. Mm-hmm. So meeting with my supervisor, my supervisor always canceled. Every one-on-ones, we have weekly one-on-ones. He always canceled. And then we had our APR meeting, so I was able to do it. Mind you, I'm still in school. I'm doing a field placement at school then. And I'm still logging in to my job at my field placement just to be on top of my work. Mm -hmm. So he telling me, oh, you meet these numbers. You did this. You did that. We're proud of you, blah, blah, blah. But didn't go into, like, the latter stuff that I did. Until I flipped it and I saw after the meeting what he wrote and I cried over the weekend because it was like, we have weekly supervisions. If you said if that, yeah, if I'm lacking some way or like if you said a superior saw me goofing off in our supervision, you should be able to say, you know what, Keisha, someone came up to me and said X, Y, Z, A, B, C. You're not, you're not doing that. So <laughs> I demanded a meeting mm-hmm. and I talked to him and I basically said, you don't support me in anything and everything I do. Which you, is what I support, supposed you, to you, do, you don't do nothing. Mm-hmm. You, you're not even telling me what I'm doing wrong at my job because you always upstairs. When you leave, I'm here until eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night to start this thing all over again. You don't support me. And we had a big falling out. Like, I wrote back on the APRA. I have a supervisor who is ill-equipped to support me in any um, manner in regards to emergencies or dealing with YAs, etc. And because the APR is how it is, it's like it's based on race. Yeah. So this was this weird air like, okay, are you going to give me a raise or not? I got a 1.5 raise out of the, I think, 3 or 5 range. And it was a weird air between us because I told him how I felt. Like, I was suppressing it, and I just lashed out at him. And many of my coworkers was like, you have to understand that you have a presence about you, whether it's nice or whatever. Like, you tell people what's on your mind, but you also suppress it because you don't want to seem like you step over the boundaries so it's tension in the air and you allow that tension to grow but you have to also finesse it in a way to help you grow as a productive worker now is there tension between me and my supervisor now no um is he still intimidated yes am i allowing that to stop me from doing my work and being effective no However, I did address certain things that he was doing during the summer that made me feel like I, I'm on the verge of quitting. So I guess he recognized that there's certain things that he been doing wrong, that he thought that how he supervised me was good in a way that he supervised other people. Right. And you can't do it's the not same. not one size fits all. Not everything good for the goose is good for the gander. Mm-hmm. So... He realized in his mistakes and I realized in my mistakes and we just kind of grow in that. Now, is there tension between co-workers? Of course, like some like the co-worker that no longer is my friend. 
there's no tension. Like for me, I wish him well. Praise be to him. But he has that unresolved tension with me. Like he wants to make sure that he's heard and being seen so it could make me feel uncomfortable. And I'm just looking at him like, hmm. you're stupid. I don't even see you. I don't see you. Like <laughs> you don't exist in my life. But okay. And this tension with coworkers where it's like, are you doing your job? Are you doing your job? Am I doing everyone's mm-hmm. job? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had those conversations where it was like, you guys tell me I'm not doing my job, but I'm bridging the gap between this program and that program. Mm-hmm. So how am I not doing something? And and I'm there part-time. Mm-hmm. Less than 15 hours. And you telling me otherwise. So I have experienced those tensions. Um, but it's good to kind of navigate and have conversations. And sometimes there's moments where it's like, okay... Let's put our differences aside to make sure that you, whatever crisis that you're dealing with, you're okay. Mm -hmm. And I will suppress whatever feelings I have about you because I want you to see you be okay. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think it's inevitable if you're working with people that you're going to experience some type of tension or conflict in general. Um... I'm lucky, you know, um, that in the, what, the three years I've been in this role, I honestly haven't had any conflicts with my colleagues, um, my coworkers at all. Like, knock on wood, girl. Girl, right? Knock on some wood. Um, in all honesty, even if, like, we're, if we disagree with each other, it's on some, like, I, that's how you feel, cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we just move on um and i but i also think we have a unique work environment too where i supervise has created that where it's not like i'm above y'all we all on the same like you know i respect y'all opinions which i have to say and when it, when it when she can't do that she makes that clear like y'all this is what it is so you know and we'd be like all right you know we don't argue we don't fight it um but in regards to my colleagues we Again, we don't work in the same office together because we're at our different schools. So when we do come together, it's like, oh, wow, it's nice. It's so good to see you. You know, like, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a little while. Um, and so there's not a lot of space or time and space to, like, fight <laughs> or mm-hmm. to be upset or anything like that. And, uh, and, and if we do spend more time with each other, we're meeting on our own or we're, like, working together, right? We're co-facilitating something. And so we're already assisting each other. So when we do interact, it's a lot of helping. It's not a lot of tearing down. Now, other teams and other... Listen, they they be tearing each other down, and I don't even understand how that works or yeah. why. Um, no, because we do... We get we get praised for how we work together and how, how well we, we actually... We actually like each other, like, yeah. you know? Um but I've had, of course, experiences in the past um, where, yeah, I've had issues with supervisors, not so much colleagues. Um, because I get into myself, like, you ain't nobody to me. You don't do nothing. Like, it, being upset at you or messing with you don't affect my paper in any way. So it's like, eh, next. Like, I don't care, right? So, but when it comes to supervisors, yeah, like, when it comes to evaluations and they try to play you when it's like, whoa, 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 we've been here this whole year. <laughs> you said nothing. Like, we're not going to do that. Um, um, And certain things like that. I, I do speak my mind. I'll do something very similar to what you did. I read it. I ponder, right? I collect my data and my receipts. (laughs) 
And then it's like, um, no, don't get hyped because you win this title. Like, don't do that. No, we got the same accolades. Like, we got literally had the same degree right now. Like, nah, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I pull out my receipts. We can have a conversation. But for me, the, the relationship would never get to be the same. In all honesty, that's how I it feel. It will never be the same. That's for how me. I feel. And um, this is the reason I left my last job because something similar to what happened to you. We've talked about um, for like again, she didn't really supervise. I think, and for me, a supervise someone who guides you, who helps you professionally to become better. Who it's not an you overseer, not exactly. Who right? recognize you but not condemn you. Co- co- correct, right? And so if you see me slipping, be like, sis, you slipping. Let me help you X Y Z supervisor was not that individual she was she was just all over the place honestly flustered she was just there there everywhere i have i had my program down packed i was good you know um so just again didn't really meet with me really for supervisions wasn't really giving me um saying things that i need to improve on but was giving me praise because i was also getting praise from outside of the program so it was very like confusing getting evaluations saying oh well i think you can do better in this area and I'm like you know right you're right I'll take that I wish I actually had something that I can learn from because you didn't give that example (laughs) and point blank period like if we're gonna go at it we're gonna go at it evals are not just for the employee everyone should get evaluated you know what I mean of course period and people don't understand that when you're at when you're getting evaluation it's not just oh tell me what's wrong with me it's also hey this is where I feel you can support me and so if you don't feel supported let them know that this is where I need support. Um, and so we had that discussion. But for me, it created a lot of tension. Um, and I personally, I, I spend too much time at work. Okay. I don't like uncomfortable situations. All right. I don't like energy. I don't like that energy that's tense, energy that's negative, especially if I spend a lot of time at that space, especially if I care about what I'm doing, that I'm going to invest in the time. Um, and so if that's there, I more I were more likely ready to like just move the hell yeah. on than to sit here and try to iron crap out. And for me in that particular job, it was time to go regardless. But um, so in situations like that, and I've had other situations where supervisors were just nasty, nasty people. And I stuffed it up for a good while, but then I had to tell them about themselves. And afterwards, things did change. But for me, I just saw that as the time that I grew and had to go um, and just move on. So, um, supervisors, yes. Colleagues, not so much. I, I'm, I'm grateful, I guess, not having that type of situation. I mean, of course, there's people that you don't care for, right? Like, like, uh, I would never invite you to my home, you know? But I don't, outside of that, I'm not going to treat you no kind of, anyway. Just like, I'll see you, hey, girl, hey, hey, all right. Or, hey, boo, what's mm-hmm. going on? And then keep it moving. But I'm not going to create any type of anything. So, I have a question. Do you feel slighted when your supervisor have a better relationship with other members on your team and not you hell no i don't Mm. care no literally i don't like (laughs) as long as i mean honestly as long as i get credit for what i'm doing meaning no one else is getting credit for the shit I'm doing, right? Not so much as like, oh, every time you got to point out something good I did, give me a happy face sticker. No, that's not what I mean. But as long as you, no one else is getting credit for something I actually did, which is also something that my team members were very good at. Be like, oh, if our supervisor thinks someone did something, we'd be like, no, 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 no. This is, this is such and such as work. I just used it. We were very good at giving each other credit. Um, and my supervisor is very good at 
acknowledging each of us for our strengths, which I like I've had I've been blessed in this regard for that as well. Um, I don't care. Like my supervisor again, she's 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 from the Caribbean, right? A majority of us are, but again that we have um we have some white colleagues as well. Um Latino, Latino no I'm not sure. No, no Latino that I know of. Uh, um but a majority of us, we come from, even though we're like, we're people of color, we, there's Asian, there's white, there's from the Caribbean, there's American, like we come from different backgrounds. And so she has different relationships with all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, they come from the same, if you come from the same country, right, you, you bond a little bit different because you guys can talk about back home and all that stuff. I don't come from there, so it's cool. Like, okay, you guys can talk about the foods and stuff. That's not where I'm going to. Connect. connect with you right and i'm okay with that and we all have our different connection with each other for different things so i don't get jealous on that and honestly the less you see me the happier i am that's cool sis like don't come for me for nothing <laughs> like as long as for me if i hear no word is good word like oh i'm Ooh. good i'm straight all right and i'm, I'm good with no that i don't even be cock- yeah i don't be chatting with you kiki keying all the time type stuff i respect my supervisors i feel like i have a good relationship with my supervisor but at the same time we're not friends yeah right and i always keep that that we're not friends because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day i strongly believe for anybody yeah if it comes between you or them guess who they're gonna choose they're gonna choose themselves so i always remember that piece to be honest you've been quiet over there vision what you thinking about oh i was just letting you guys talk you guys (laughs) you guys had a lot of and then you're gonna say we took over the conversation you didn't get a chance to speak go ahead vision i didn't say at all um Tension with coworkers. Nah, um, you guys know want to know what uh, men think when uh, their women come home and talks about their situation with their coworkers. What? Out on miles, you might hear like, "Damn, babe, that's crazy." But men, we 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 don't care unless it becomes something where we're being competitive for a position or a dollar amount. I think I could say this for most men. We really don't care um in regards to that at least myself so be for co-workers if you don't like me you don't like me as a dude whatever whatever um that's nice you don't mess up my dollar i don't mess up your dollar um unless we're trying to get the same dollar that's a whole other story um most of my jobs success has been critical um for teamwork like you have to work as a team in order to be critical um so i've adopted the belief that in regards to what we do professionally, we got to get along. Um, all that other stuff really doesn't matter um, in that regard. Uh, I worked on projects where we brought in millions of dollars. And it was just me and one other person. And um, that was cool. Like Me and him, we took care of it. And it was what it was. And um, granted, that person is one of my better friends. But it, it, it worked itself out. Um, and I've been in situations where you have to literally... Uh, work together for your survival where you've been in life or death situations and if you guys don't work together somebody's gonna leave here dead yeah. um especially when i was working in the the prisons last mental hospital um and i've been put in situations with people i don't like and i've been put in situations where i had to make decisions to protect us all and it caused uh dilemmas and disagreements but at the end of the day we all went home to our families mm. um so that's the the respect i mean that's the aspect i put on it as long as i get to go back to my family and as long as i get the same dollar amount that i get uh every uh every other friday 
I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you hold personally, whatever I hold personally is fine as long as nobody's money is messed up. Everybody, everybody, everybody don't mess with my money. Don't mess with the check. <laughs> That's it. Outside That's of that, it. I, you you agree with it? I do agree. <laughs> I'm getting to that space right now. Where it's like. As long as my check is good, my health is fine, my friends is good, I am good. Like, mm. I used to be, like, so overzealous and just so, mm. like, what involved. What I used to tell you, you always exactly. look at me like I was crazy. What I would say, girl, it's time to go. It's, you And I'll be out. Exactly. And I, <laughs> like, I now have been doing, like, so I work at my internship and then I work afterwards. And I, I remember having this meeting with my supervisor and he was just like you know i kind of noticed that you set up your schedule where it's like instead of staying the usual five to eight you're staying until five to seven is it because you have a life and you have to go home and focus on you and i was just like uh bingo. yeah what <laughs> but like i knew like the way he did it i thought he was joking but he was serious like i guess he like for me that was his sight on like you always stay here. You always tired, and I, I kind of uh-huh. told myself I was like, I'm not, not doing, doing it no that. more. Nope. Like this is my last year of school. I'm trying to do the least work possible. I don't want to be bothered. I have now not even opened my work email <laughs> at my internship. If I have to, Girl, I'll go. Please. But I will be like, nope. I deal with it, and then like I'm hearing like. Oh, you missed this. You missed that. And this is I'm okay. like, I was at my internship. I get off at 4 p.m. My work phone is off at 3:59. Can I? I don't ah! I'd like to revisit something you guys did mention earlier, though, in regards to um your supervisors having um relationships hmm. with coworkers. Um, that's that. I mean, of course, employees employees that aren't you. Um, I think you guys should watch that. Why? And I think you guys should be mindful of it and not just not care. And I say that because, um, I guess my approach with every job I enter, I'm looking at my opportunity for growth. Mm. And if I'm seeing that the friendlier relationships are the ones that get talked about the most, Mm. I'm not saying you need to kiss ass and be friendly, but then maybe you should step up your work habit. So I think, uh, 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 you know what I mean? So like... In, in my you. mind, I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm not going to, part of my French uh, podcast world, I'm not going to suck your dick, mm-hmm. but I'm going to outwork you. So at least, like, I outworked you. So if my immediate supervisor don't see it, somebody's seeing I outworked them. Some, my name is on this project. My name is on this project. So maybe I might not be able to move in the lateral sense right here, but then I can make a... a, a I could switch over to this department and then make a move up over here because mm-hmm. I've outworked whatever I've done over there. Um, so I think you should care because I, 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 I guess from my perception, every job I get, I'm always trying to figure out what's the max position, where I can max out at um, as far as professionally. Um, so with that mind state, I'm trying to look like, all right, he might get this because he's buddy-buddy, but guess what? I'm going to get the next subtitle because I outwork you. So yeah, my honestly, my 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 job doesn't even work like that. <laughs> so being cooler with the supervisor doesn't really get you anywhere. Cause in all honesty, a supervisor doesn't really control much. On in all honesty, so man, I hope your supervisor ain't one of your listeners. <laughs> she know what it is. She tell us the same thing. Like she know what it is. I mean, for me, 
again some people move very differently i feel like my work ethic my my work ethic and the quality of my work always speaks for itself you may not like me from a hole in the wall you don't like how i enter a room you don't like my presence you don't like whatever but when you hear me speak when you hear me do my work you see that i'm about my shit so i say that to say that even when i've had instances with my supervisors where we had disagreements or anything or whatever the case was the core of it they can't say i don't do good work Mm. and i know that will always speak for me um and so if someone else gets a position where i don't feel that they should have i can speak to it and then i could pull out the receipts Right. And I can be like, okay, there's no reason this person should have got this because here are my numbers. And so clearly something more is here. I gratefully haven't had that type of interaction because I didn't come from those type of plate like work um, organizations where it worked in that way, if that made sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe for like a raise. um, I had to advocate and like, you know, be like, yo, this is what I've done. Boom, boom, boom to get that. This current position, it doesn't really work like that. But I've had, like I said, my supervisor could be kicking about the homeland with this person. But then when like, soup, like where positions within our program come up for supervisory positions or to step up, she's hitting me up. Mm-hmm. She's like, yo, you need to apply for this. She'll, she'll let me know when positions are open for me to apply to because she feels I have the skills um, that's required for it. So I, I know my, my work talks for me, but also when I'm working or I'm in an institution and I guess, I don't know if that's just me. I don't know if other people think like this, but I don't ever, um, look at it as like, yo, I don't plot up. Like, I don't be like, Oh, where I, where can I really get really like high up in this organization? I usually plot outside of the organization because that's how they pay you. And honestly, like staying in the same, um, department or staying in the same, um, bureau depending on where you're at they 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 won't risk i'm sorry i feel like you're gonna reach a ceiling and they won't let you go past that ceiling in all honesty but if you move around they're gonna pay you they want you they will pay you and that's usually how i maneuver myself professionally um so yeah that's the kind of how i angle it but i definitely understand where you're coming from in regards to that but so you know you both know how i can be right I tie everything to mental health, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that shit's important. <laughs> so jobs can be stressful as fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Like super stressful. I've been there where just like what you said, Miss Keish, like I would be on vacation checking my work phone because or trying to like still might even bring work with me. Like because I know when I get back, I don't want to have this crap piled up. I don't want to be outside of the loop. And whatever that was before like I I personally made a vow with myself one when I was looking for a new job that I I, I set out my intentions I prayed on it I meditated on it that this job would not one be a job I have to take home with me it's not a job and I mean meant that mentally and actually right um and that I would have a good work environment good colleagues and so far I've checked most of the boxes however the job is still freaking annoying right because mm-hmm. I think Outside of working for your damn self, I think everything's annoying, right? Yeah. Um, but checking in in regards to, do you guys check in with how a job is affecting your mental? Like, um, is it healthy for you? Do you look at, is a job healthy for you? And do you have that marker when enough is enough? So because of the APR, I had to learn certain things, like certain boundaries, 
and checking in with myself. Like I said, like because I have so much on my plate because I'm a student and I receive grants and I have to oblige by the grants and do research, etc. It was very taxing on me and because of the APR and what it has done to me, I had to switch everything up because I didn't notice how my overzealous of trying to be the model employee was fucking me up and tripping me up mm-hmm. emotionally mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. spiritually and mentally. So because of the APR, and I thank God for the APR because the APR kind of really put everything in perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I, at other places, like I'm logging into my work email just to make sure I'm in the loop and making sure everything is done for not to be appreciated mm-hmm. and just to be condemned for certain things. Like, yeah, I, I can have a tough, tough way of speaking to people, but I that's been done on me so i shouldn't feel like i have to sugarcoat shit to appease certain people or kind of tailor my language to appease certain people so yeah like i had to learn the hard way and just now i've been tapping out Mm -hmm. in the sense of i'm focusing on me what i got going on and what like like i said my schedule on certain days down part-time is from five to seven and once seven o'clock hit, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> like, um, don't talk to me. I logged out. Mm-hmm. Send an email. Send me a text. Whatever. And I focus on me. Like, if I'm trying to lose the additional ten or fifteen or twenty or even forty pounds, I gotta go to the gym at night. That is my way of dealing with all the stress, the anxiety, the emotions, the turmoil, the challenges, also the successes. Mm-hmm. onto the weights or the treadmill. So I have I learned <laughs> to tap out. I have now is more of Keisha, this is your last year of school. Fuck everybody. <laughs> you got two hours of work. Whatever you could do in that two hours of work, kudos to you. It's Leave. Not the out. It is not the end of the world. People mm-hmm. need to understand that when you have a job, it could really be impactful in your life. Like, it yeah. makes you feel like, one, you're doubtful of the skills that you possess. Two, you're doubtful of yourself because you can't present in the manner that your coworker probably could present. And three, like, you feel like everybody is moving up and, in a sense, being supervisor or being a are supervising people and you're just holding down the fort for yourself mm-hmm. and sometimes that shit hurts but then you just gotta realize at the end of the tunnel there's a light and that light will guide you to your next journey mm-hmm. this is only temporary mm-hmm. your next journey is the I would say the stage of what you have learned now to showcase at that. So, Miss Keish, because we've known each other quite some time, <sighs> has my motto not been "fuck these jobs"? Exactly. <laughs> and, I'm like, and, and it took, and, me, and I think it took you this long to actually be like, up, "Girl, I, I work, I work at that, <laughs> I work at that nonprofit for two years, and I was busting my ass while I was <laughs> in school, and it took this one APR from a supervisor who." 
came from being a co-worker to now being a supervisor who said oh told his experience to be like fuck this job like i don't <laughs> like i'm clocking out like mm-hmm. and i had to, and it's so funny like i my transition has been like quick to the point where i'm offering advice to my co-worker who yesterday they fucked up a check and she was like i'm not coming to work and i said look you have every right um to everybody i validate your feelings you have all you set the 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 stage for someone who takes your job to like live upon however focus on you i've been telling you this for years now focus on you focus on that business that you want to make focus on what you want to do for your community focus Mm -hmm. on whether you want to go back to school or you want to just get a certificate focus on you because you have given so much to this job Yep. That you can't, yes. you you forgetting yourself in the process. Same so for me, all the time, I you told me all the time, and it took this APR. And after the summer, it was just like fuck this job, nine to five, I'm gone. Like leave me alone. You are replaceable, <laughs> you know? and it doesn't matter if it's not your own business. Mm-hmm. It's not like you are replaceable, and these jobs will replace you. So you can give your blood, sweat, and tears. You can be yeah, the hours can be nine to five, and you working nine to nine. Yeah, they I still would that. say you're not doing enough. Because I've been here before too. I literally worked twelve hours and Tired. exhausted, and it was nothing. Like it just meant nothing you to sleep. no one. But yeah, I'm the one stressed, losing weight, mm. um, just like stress, having digestive having issues because that's where I hold my stress. It was just so much, and Eat they gave no food. damn. Like they didn't care. All that, and I adopted that mindset of look, what am I? Here? What, what hours am I need to be here? That's what you're gonna get from me. Not a minute more, right? Mm-hmm. I'm giving you. Not to say that I'm giving you shitty work while I'm there. You gonna get, you gonna get quality because that's what I do if my name is attached to it. Yeah. However, I'm not giving you more than what is required of me. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I am more important. And what that means is the time that I am away from work, I can be what working I on myself. Exactly. And whether that's laying down on the couch, that is my self-care. Yeah. Okay. Whether that's taking a run, whether that's taking a walk to burn off some calories, whether that's going to the gym, right? Whether that's working out, whether that's making a meal, like that, I deserve that. But most importantly, it's so that I can focus on what my next steps are because I will not be at this job forever. Mm-hmm. You will not have a forever worker, right? Like, if I don't see my worth moving up, and I, wait, if I don't see my worth, um, I don't, if I'm not being appreciated, and I don't see acknowledge, and I don't see that I have a path upwards, then I'm going to plan out. Period. I'm going yeah. to find where my next move is, whether it's in the organization or whatever it is I'm doing on my own. And I'm out. And so my mental health always comes first now. My mental health. Always. always. I start to feel stressed. You know what I do now? I take a step back. I don't dive in further, which is something I used to do when I was younger. Nope. I take a step back. And then I evaluate what's really going on. I figure it out. If it is the job, then I figure out what's about the job is messing me up. If it's Mm -hmm. my personal, what about my personal? But I Mm -hmm. always make sure I am good. Like, even if the job is annoying at that moment, it's high stress, high strong. Mm-hmm. I do what what I I only focus what I have control over, and let the rest go. Well, and that's yeah. just that I'm not losing my mind for no job. I don't do that. No, 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 no more. It has I, been quite some time that yeah. I haven't done that. I don't play the game. That APR period. really that APR really fucked me up in the sense like I've been doing so much and then 
to be recognized for so little mm-hmm. and what I put in and what I like it bring to the table. It messes, it messes you, you up. Like, like, like now it's like to the point where like if I have to if something is going on and I'm upset, I will step back and go for a walk. And mm-hmm. I like 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 you, like I used to run from my internship all the way to my job, sleeping on a bus, missing my stops. Going to work saying, I'm so tired, drained, eating mm-hmm. food, carrying so much stuff on my back because I have to carry food and then I have to carry my books and I have to carry this, I have to carry that. And it's like fucking up my whole mental and my my physical. So after that APR, APR was a blessing in the skies for me to say, okay, I'm going to step back, but I'm going to also step up and just kind of focus on what I need to focus personal-wise. So mm-hmm. what I do is like, I give myself from 9 to 12, I do my work. And then 12 to 2 or 12 to 3, I do my work. Mm-hmm. As in, like, my personal stuff. And then I go right back into my role, and then I leave. And that's it. Don't ask me to stay until 8. Don't ask me to hang out with you. <laughs> don't ask me to do nothing. <laughs> At 7 o'clock, I, know it gets rude. I am you don't walking even want to, to the train now I'm drink station. No. I have look. Like, I I bought this yellow flask for some reason. Yes, I could drink water out of it, but it could fit a whole bottle of wine in it. So when I'm at work, I could be toasty. <laughs> how about you, Vision? How do you, do you let your? How do you check in mentally with yourself? Um, in your job. Um. To be honest, I don't know how because I'm one of the people that that brings everything home. Um, but I've come to the realization to appreciate the things that I am, even though I don't want to appreciate it immediately, um, that I am and have been through, um, through therapy. Um, so black men, if you're listening to this, I'm telling you to go to therapy. Please go to therapy. Black women too. (laughs) Amen. Black women too, but I'm saying this for black men because, um, even if it's work shit, it it, it plays itself out. Mm-hmm. And I say my I say that because I, I I realize that I'm lucky. Um, I had an amazingly big dream when I finally came to myself on what I wanted to do. And once I figured out what did I wanted to do with myself professionally, everything has fallen apart. Um, and it didn't make any sense. Um, so though I take home all that stress. Um, I'm learning to appreciate that stress, and um, I guess that puts me in a different space from you guys, um, because now I can come home and say, you know what? And, and I I have yet to disclose my dream job, like the the perfect job to anybody, but to anybody, even my girlfriend, I have never disclosed like this is what I want to do, um, but I know that what it was, and I'm sitting here like, well, whatever client I supported today, he pissed me off because of this this this. But guess what? You wanted to uh, to do uh, to teach people how to have life skills, and now you have it. When I was um, teaching in Virginia, as well, you wanted to be able to teach people, so now you have that experience. So you try to well, say what you're saying. You see the silver lining now. There is a silver lining Even if in it's that, a and, day. It, and once you know that silver lining, you 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 can uh, tolerate. Mm. I guess the stress more exactly. Yeah. I think a, a, a lot of people, especially in our age range, may have, for lack of words, uh, didn't get their dream job. Mm-hmm. 
And now they have these jobs that are similar to the dream job, close to, mm-hmm. in the field of their dream job, maybe. But it's not their dream job. So now you have to deal with all this bullshit. Plus, it's not what you want to really be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it makes life, in general, a lot more stressful um, in that regard. But until you start applying whatever... Until you start seeing where that dream job can lead you. I, I mean, I, until you figure out what that job you have now can lead you to, you're not going to really appreciate that. And then you're not going to really appreciate the growing things that come from that. Mm. Um, so I, I hear what you guys are saying. I'm not taking away from anything. I'm just saying for me, it took me to literally my last therapy session to realize um, where I am going and the direction I'm going and how. The stress mm. is worth it. Mm. Yeah, I I can understand that. Um, I definitely agree with what you said. Definitely not doing my dream job. Um, and more, the more and more I get older and I do different jobs, I realize that I I don't want to work for no damn body, right? And and it's really just stacking that money to like fuel my out, other dreams. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's definitely something. But I always put my mental first. I come first before everything. Every damn thing, honestly. Um, and be it as it may, it may sound very selfish. But at the end of the day, if you don't take care of you, who's gonna take care of you, right? No damn body. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I tell jobs all the time. Not even jobs, and I, I've been bold enough to even tell my supervisor. To be honest, because again, we have that relationship, like. I'm not busting my ass for no bullshit. Like, I'm just not doing it. You're going to get what you get from me and not anything more. And that's it. I'm going to give what what I can give and that's it. I'm not going above and beyond. For those of you who worked in schools, y'all know that beast, okay? And they will suck you dry. And I ain't with the shits. So, <laughs> I'm just not with it. I love my population I work with. Uh, and in essence, what I do, is I feel it is important. But it's not more important than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Um, so, since you brought that up, Vision, I guess we can end off with talking about what is... Describe your ideal title. Describe your ideal job and work environment or responsibility. Like, whatever it is ideal for you. Um, and how, how are you making that happen? Um, my ideal work environment. So, if I could come in with sweatshirts and compression <laughs> tights and sneakers that is my ideal work environment um um you know my job is a real good example of an ideal work environment regardless of the politics that's going on i would love to be a director and hopefully supervise people and what I do and how to hopefully God spare life, you know, create a curriculum where we focus on the social emotional um, needs of students while helping them retain their school, um, retain their education, but also advocate for them in different areas of their life. So same field. So you're happy with the field. I'm happy. I'm happy with the field. I'm going to remain in the field. My work environment is the ideal place because I could just come in looking whatever. At least it's professional. 
mm-hmm. quote quote. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to be a director. I would love to be a director. And you want to be calling the shots, and I want to be calling the shots mm-hmm. of the program, and kind of straighten the program, and then how to cut. Effectively collaborate with other programs in the community, but also in the organization itself, and just I think set a time for whoever I supervise or even myself an hour where we have to do mandatory mm-hmm. mandatory therapy, and I think that's very important because we have our own issues that mm-hmm. we kind of suffering, and sometimes yeah. we mask it doing the work. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important for us to just have that mandatory therapy time and it's necess- it could be from outside agency or somewhere where we just talk about how we feel so we can have a better mm-hmm. productive so work environment. Be embedded mm-hmm. in the That's actually pretty dope. That's mm-hmm. like a, that's a nice idea honestly. Girl, you better Pat and Penning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> how about you vision? Um ideally, not ideally. I'm going to take that away. Um, I'm going to open up my own education center and I want to specifically use the words center because I do not want it to be solely an educational campus that we're providing K through 12. Um, I want to charter a school. I want to be able to own real estate so that way I could provide the people in my community a chance to learn a trade if you are above the age. I want to be able mm-hmm. to have my high school students graduate with associate's degrees as well as high school diplomas upon their graduation within high school so that way they could graduate high school with an associate's degree and a associate i mean a high school diploma as well as associate's degree in said trade um so whether it's graphic design or ophthalmic dispensing or whatever the case may be um as long as they're graduating with a a high school diploma and associate's Mm -hmm. degree um as well as teaching uh, trades that's applicable during high school so that way if you decide you don't want to go to college you can graduate your high school with the cdl or whatever the case may be um so um ideally i see myself as um i don't want to say principal because i believe that concept of being a principal in the education system is very uh, restricted but uh being uh i know a gentleman who's a ceo of a charter school and I love the fact that he's a CEO, um, because therefore he can decide what is being taught there in that school. Um, so um, I am looking forward to being a CEO of my own educational campus. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right then. All right. I, I, I hear some collaboration yeah. happening here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, ooh, those who I've, I've had conversations with about this i always say i see myself not working for no damn body right and i have so many different ideas of what i want to do but that's mainly it mainly falls under um me developing my own um consultation business um that it touches on i think we all have a passion for adolescence i'm hearing here i mm-hmm. love adolescence i really really do um but focusing on adolescents, but for me also the whole community, um, which again is also a common theme amongst us all. Um, 
I can't say I have an actual job title because I what I want to do doesn't have an actual title because I'll be working for my damn self. So mm-hmm. I I don't know what that title would actually be. Um, but definitely educating because that's all I know and what I've been doing. Um, and definitely educating, definitely partnering um, with like-minded individuals that Keisha Vision, of course. Um but I also want to dabble in some other things and uh, like similar to vision, owning real estate to um, really make the vision of a lot of things that I want happen because um, it'll be mine and I can utilize it how I want to use it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I can um, allow others to use it right in a way um, that's unrestricted. And I think that's important. Um yeah, I just don't see myself retiring, working for no damn body. Right. Um, and so I guess ideally, in, in a few years, definitely making the steps to ha- have this happen currently, I'm going to be responsible for myself. And when I mean responsible, meaning for my growth, for my income, um, yeah, and for all the steps moving right. forward. Mm-hmm. And no one's going to tell me otherwise Otherwise, at all. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. For today's Connection Corner, I leave you with a quote from James Clear. There are four types of wealth. Number one, financial wealth, money. Number two, social wealth, status. Number three, time wealth. Freedom. Number four, physical wealth, health. Be wary of jobs that lure you in with one and two, but rob you of three and four. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Oasis Podcast. I hope you were able to find something that resonated with you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe, share this episode, and like us on Instagram at the Oasis Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, suggest on Instagram or email us at ajsoasis at gmail.com. Again, that's A-A-Y-J-A-Y-S-O-A-S-I-S at gmail.com.